Hey, welcome to the Matthias Barker podcast. My name is Matthias. I'm a psychotherapist from Spokane, Washington, and this is a podcast about mental health and moving towards what's meaningful, even despite hardship. Today we're talking about trauma, so I want to offer a little bit of a trigger warning today. If this topic feels like it's getting overwhelming or just as you're listening, if it starts to feel like it's just a bit too much, a good idea could be to go on a walk, maybe get a bit of a snack, get some water, do some deep breathing, relax your muscles, do some stretching. Um, Just do what you need to feel safe and to feel like you can return to a place of calm before continuing if you start to feel a bit overwhelmed in the midst of this one. Because we're diving deep into it. We're diving into, well, some of the most traumatic things that have happened to us. And I make a case in this podcast for why pressing into those memories, those stories, those life events can actually be tremendously meaningful and life-giving. And I explain a little bit about what that process might look like. So I hope you find it meaningful. so severe and so distressing that it imprinted itself upon you and lives in your memory in such a way that like a crew's interest and compounds and gets bigger and and takes up more and more room to where you just feel like you're huddled in the corner. It um it zooms into your life in ways that feel really random and inopportune. Like you'll be at your birthday party or having a meal with a friend or trying to I don't know, spend an afternoon with your kid and a flashback will come in or a memory like zooms into your mind from something terrible that happened or um, you feel this tightness in your chest, this like restless restlessness, this racing heartbeat, or this migraine, this headache that won't go away. Or, or even even this suspiciousness, right? Like this, uh, this feeling like things are going to fall apart or someone's going to hurt you or you're going to get betrayed or that you can't really trust somebody or, or this feeling that things are going to go wrong and fall apart. And when there's no evidence around you that that's going to happen, but it feels that way. And it feels that way even in your closest, most trustworthy relationships, like with your loved one or your kid. It's like something just overtakes you and you don't know what to do. And it's, and it's a problem to be solved. And the hard part is... The, prob- the, the, the things that solve the problem the easiest, they're not healthy, right? Because there is a magic potion that solves childhood trauma, but the alcohol, alcohol has its own cost. And it's, it's a lot like trying to pay off debt with more debt because, okay, yeah, you're not having the flashbacks, but the people in your life that you love the most don't trust you. Because they know that you're dependent on this substance that that is ruling you and mastering you and that and that you need in order to stay okay. And they can't depend on you. And so that loneliness, that hurt, it's it's a toss-up. It's like is the loneliness and the hurt and, and the feelings of my loved ones not being able to depend on me, does that hurt more than the traumatic memories? Like I don't know. It's a toss-up. It depends on who you are, I suppose. Which one's more distressing? 
so what's the healthy solution? What's like, what's like a better solution for it? Well, people go to trauma therapy for that, right? They're like, yeah, I'll just go and I'll talk about all the traumatic memories and, and then all the bad stuff will go away, all the bad feelings will go away. But sometimes that doesn't work either because um, sometimes people use therapy as a method of avoidance because here's the thing, these traumatic memories, these feelings, these emotions that well up in you that, that come at these random times, they, they're like portals into the past. And it's, it's like, it's this portal that wants to transport you back into this moment of crisis because it's beckoning you. It's, it's like it's asking you to address something. It's asking you to notice something, to see something. It's, it's requiring something of you. And so, and that is just so absolutely alarming and confusing and overwhelming and dread inspiring that it's like, I got to shut that off because walking through that portal, actually going back voluntarily, like that's not an option. That would be my doom. Like I would be, I'm completely at my max. I've had enough sleepless nights. I've had enough moments where I just can't enjoy like time with the people that I love that to try to like actually up my dosage of whatever that is, is like not an option. And so like, I need those thoughts and those flashbacks or those panic attacks to go away. And so like when you go into therapy with a mindset like that, it's like you're trying to talk about the past in a way to avoid the past and and your body's not fooled by that. Your mind won't play that game of um, using going into the past as avoidance of what's happened in the past. That's not something your mind will do. As many of you who have tried know, as I know. So does that mean that like therapy's hopeless and and we're just doomed? No. The pathway to actually addressing these traumatic memories though, it can't be avoidance. It can't be running away anymore. And the pathway towards healing is actually walking through those portals voluntarily because there's a piece of you left behind in the past that doesn't know what to do. There's that 13 year old version of you or nine year old version of you, or however old you were when whatever devastating happened that still doesn't know what to do or still believes a lie about themselves in light of everything that happened. Maybe that it was their fault or that they were asking for it or that they should have stopped it or that there was something, if they just, if they just knew what to do, if they just, if they were just better, then it wouldn't have happened. And that version of you trapped in the past doesn't know how to reconcile that belief with what happened. And, and they're in this war with themselves. And so they're calling you forward to assist in that because they're nine or they're 13. Like they don't know what to do and they need help. They need help from an adult. They need help from someone empowered. They need help from someone stable to help them sort through this mess. And that's you. But my guess is that you don't feel that way. And that's where, that's where therapy or walking through these things with someone that you trust, like a friend, a mentor, a pastor, um, someone who has training in the, in the, in the domain of, uh, trauma therapy 
can be immensely helpful because you do need to bring something of substance back with you. It's, it's not obvious that just entering through the portal and just trying your best is actually going to do anything good because you might just get re-traumatized. Like, and, and not even just traumatized like that version of you in the past, but the version of you in the present. Like you're both there and you both don't know what to do. And, and that may leave you feeling more powerless than you've ever felt. And so it's important to move into the past, but with substance. And what is that substance? It's the insight and the power that you hold now that you didn't have back then. Because what you know now is that maybe that there is nothing that you could have done as a kid to stop your parents from fighting. Or, or maybe that when you were being traumatized, when you were being victimized, someone needed to go and make sure that you were safe. Someone needed to grab you out of that situation and hold you and, and rescue you or call CPS or, or call the police. There was, there was insights and skills and, and ways that, that people should have responded in that context that you as a kid, you had no idea. And that's what you bring as an adult. And so processing that and healing looks a lot like going into the past, but with these insights and with this understanding that maybe is going to take some time to carve out and is going to take some time to really reflect on. And so that when you go back emotionally in your own heart, that moment that you were 13, when you were nine, you can approach that little girl or that little boy and say, it's okay. I see you. I know you. And I know what you're feeling unlike anyone else does. And then there's a process of well, it can look really different. It could be a process of empowerment. Like, here's the situation that you're in, and here's maybe how you how we could have responded together. Maybe we should have ran to the neighbor and told them what's going on. Maybe we should have told the teacher. And and that's not to shame or to say that it was their fault that anything happened. It, far from it. It's it's actually giving power back in a situation where that kid felt powerless. And like that kid had no access to any of those resources or those insights or those skills. And and you can bring them kind of from the future into the past in your own heart. Because I mean, you're gonna need that, especially if you raise kids of your own. Is I know that you want to make sure that they don't endure anything that you endured. And so having those practical skills, it's like, okay, here are the warning signs when someone's unsafe. Here's a warning sign when you know that a situation isn't safe. And here's how to respond. Here's who to tell. Here's what you do. And those lessons are so valuable, not even just for your kids, but even for you yourself to know that, that you're not powerless. That the world just can't have its way with you. And that you can stand and create a world that isn't just meaningful and full and bright, but where you actually have a say in what happens to you. And that's, that's the process of growth for some people. For other people, in different situations, and I want to be really careful here to be specific, and so be gracious with me if I don't catch all the contingencies here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. Um, for some people, it's going to be a process of forgiveness. And forgiveness, I don't want to catch this right away. I think some people think of forgiveness as talking yourself into the false belief that what happened didn't matter. And it absolutely mattered because you matter. And you being safe matters. 
you being whole matters. So there's no world where what happened to you didn't matter. So that's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about necessarily, in some instances this might be appropriate, but, but not talking necessarily about reconciliation or going back into relationship with someone that hurt you or, or letting them back in. That's not what I'm talking about because that could be dangerous and unsafe. And that's not called for in a lot of circumstances, especially, especially if you're dependent on that person still. Like if you're a teenager watching this in your home, and you're still depending on your parents for food and shelter and the necessities of life, it's not time to bring up all the ways that they've traumatized you because the repercussions of that can end up being unsafe for you. Does that make sense? If you bring up all the ways that you feel frustrated with the way that they parented, maybe there was neglect, maybe there was abuse, and they respond negatively, you have no recourse. You have no way to get out of that situation. And so you really need to make sure to um, find safety and find security before bringing that and trying to pursue reconciliation to where if things go wrong, if they don't respond the way that you want, you're not, um, you're not going to be harmed. So let me talk a little bit about maybe what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is letting go, letting go of the need for them to pay you back for what they did. Letting go of the debt that they owe you. It's, it's coming to this place within yourself, this contentment and acceptance in yourself that says, I don't need you to be proud of me in order for, for me to feel okay about myself. I don't need you to um, make me feel safe. That I'm going to take that responsibility myself to make sure that I'm safe. And so, um, you don't owe me. And you may, and I'm talking maybe in the context here of maybe like a parent or, an, or someone that was an authority or someone who had power over you while you were young, right? It's like, I don't need you to right the wrong, I'm writing it for myself. That's what forgiveness is. It's I'm taking the responsibility of writing all this because, because I'm tired of waiting on you to fix this. And, and maybe I don't trust you to fix this. Maybe that person's not, doesn't have the resources or the, the awareness or, or even the motive to want to fix it for you. And that's the idea. It's, it's taking power back into your own hands and saying, all right, I'm, I'm letting go of the hatred. I'm letting go of the resentment. I'm letting go of the venom that I've been holding against you all this time. And, and not, not to say that anything they did didn't matter, but to say that, like, I don't need retribution. I don't need vengeance. I don't need revenge. I don't need payment. Because hatred demands its own payment. I mean, a lot like alcohol or a substance, like we were just talking about. It's like, I mean, if you've noticed, if you've, hold, if you've held hatred for a long time, it actually coats all of the relationships that you're in, even the most precious ones to you. And, and you feel constantly suspicious and, and like they're going to betray you or, and you feel unsafe even in the safest relationships you have. Or, and we're talking even just like your romantic partner or your, your kids. And it, and it detracts. It, it takes away payment from you if you hold on to it. And so the only option is to either let it take its payment from you or to demand payment from the other person with force. And that's revenge. And that doesn't bring healing. It doesn't. It never does. Revenge 
is not what brings healing. So let go of the hatred. Take, um, take your life back. Because when you hate somebody, you're still depending on them for something. Does that make sense? And, and healing doesn't come from demands. Um, any reconciliation that might come is going to be from the free gift of love and generous relationship that isn't owed or that isn't needed in order for healing to happen, but is just given as a gift. There's like six months worth of therapy that I, <laughs> that I want to keep talking about. I, uh, I'm realizing that there's so much that I want to say. Because this is uh, such a huge topic, right? This is um, human pain and suffering. This video isn't meant to replace any sort of therapy or uh, be healing in and of itself, but it, maybe it's meant to um, provide a map if you want to follow it. Um, some insights to hold as you're looking maybe for a trauma therapist or as you're having these conversations with a mentor or a pastor. It's maybe meant to help you recognize the red flags that feel like healing, but they're not. That maybe this could be a step in the right direction. And so maybe uh, later today, journaling about some of these themes might be healing, might be helpful. Um, here, let's close, let's close with this. Would you take a breath with me for a moment? I know that that's almost kind of cliche in the therapy world, like taking breaths, but here's, here's why I asked that. It's, it's something that calms down the central nervous system and it pulls us out from the past and back into the present. Because sometimes when you walk through the portal or the portal like pulls you through it, it's not obvious how to turn it around and get back into the present. And that's what breath does. And breath focuses you back in on the present. And when you feel overwhelmed by the past, breath is a great way to get back. So let's take a breath in through the nose, hold for three, and then out. this episode is meaningful for you and you want to go deeper into these concepts, check out the trauma workshop on my website, MatthiasJBarker.com.